On today's episode of No Days Off, it is the Wednesday Melee, and we are breaking down everything happening in the sports world. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of No Days Off. Man, I feel like it's been a little bit, but it is good to be here on another episode of the Wednesday Melee. If you're not subscribed real quick, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Jake is here, and we are breaking down a ton of NBA news, a ton of NFL news, a ton of NCAA football news, and a ton of UFC stuff going on, ladies and gents. And now I want to get started with the NBA And Jake and I are going to give ourselves a little bit of a proverbial pat on the back Mm because no days off. Mm -hmm. We called it, baby. We called it. Heat, Lakers, NBA Finals. We did it, man. It's so hard in this game to make predictions, and we both know that pretty well by now, but we made a prediction right, baby, and we got it. Heat going to the finals from the Eastern Conference. Los Angeles Lakers out of the Western Conference finals. Now, Jake, the only question I have for you, my man, how is it going to play out? So initially, when we talked about this, I called the Lakers winning in six. Ooh. I stand by that prediction. Now, top-level summary for me, at least, in terms of the series, which starts tonight, by the way, tonight, 9 o'clock, and is that I could see first game Miami taking the first game. Okay. And I think that pisses off the Lakers and they go three straight three straight. Miami wins the the fifth one, the fifth game, and then Lakers finish in six. That's wow. how I could see it. That's like my straight up prediction. I just I think Miami's hot. I think that they're coming off of momentum. I love Jimmy Butler as a leader. I think he's great. Tyler but, Hero. But just the, coming on strong as yeah, a young rookie, dude. The Lakers, however, and this will be the last thing I say before I transfer you. The Lakers will have the two best players on the court. Correct. So I think that's going to be big. Uh, there will be struggles. Zone, yep. defenses, right? We've talked about matchups. Um, Lakers is bigs versus kind of the guards of, of Miami and that zone and how Bam plays and where Butler, who he lines up with, and you know how that affects Dwight Howard and AD and LeBron. If he gets some smaller guys he can go one-on-one with. You know, LeBron's so good at driving in and then pitching out. Yeah. So that could be a big factor. But – I like the Lakers. I do too, man. And as like a, you know, a Heat fan, it's tough for me to say it because since Dwayne Wade's been on that team uh, with the Miami Heat, I know he's now retired. I've been such a Miami Heat fan, but it pains me to say I got the Lakers as well. Mm-hmm. And I think the Lakers could end up winning this in four or five potentially. And that's not a shot at the Heat, man. I think that the Lakers are just a very talented bunch. I don't think LeBron's going to be the most impactful player in this series. And it's tough for me to say as one of the greatest players of all time, LeBron James is. Yeah. I think Anthony Davis is the clear-cut you know, difference maker for the Los Angeles Lakers. The Heat don't have anybody who's going to be able to match up with him. It's tough. Nobody would be able to match up with him. I know that everybody's looking forward to seeing the zone and everything like that. And I know Dallas did that against LeBron in his you know, first not his first finals appearance, but with the the first finals appearance with the Miami Heat. And that gave him a lot of trouble. But this isn't LeBron back then. Um, 
LeBron right now is a mature guy. He knows how to run this offense. He knows how to beat zone. And I think the Lakers coaching staff knows how to beat, you know, a two, three zone at this point. Yeah. Um, the thing is, I think Miami, Miami's going to do well. I think the games are going to be close. I just see the Lakers overall as a better team. The emergence of Tyler Hero and Bam and Jimmy Butler is great all throughout this playoffs. They've been a, you know, a Cinderella almost, if you want to compare it to the NCAA tournament. But I really think that uh, the Lakers overall are just going to be a dominant force in this, this run. And I, th- I, see LeBron, I see LeBron getting his fourth chip. And congratulations to him. We're coordinating him now. And um, I don't know. I, I just think the Lakers are going to really take it. Yeah, I guess three follow-up things. Number one, in terms of the underdog thing, I think the Heat were like 30-1 to odds in terms of making it to the final. Something crazy like that, which is like the most in a long time. Uh, Number two, I could see them, you know, also trying to uh, match up differently and Spolstrick try and get involved with how Crowder and Dragic and Butler and Bam and who they switch off to and Iguodala in there. So I think they could have some, some switches. I don't think it'll be enough. Um, for like, you know, I mean, for AD, Dwight Howard, though he gets in foul trouble, uh, Heat are the best free throw shooters, shooters in the final series. Uh, LeBron's just going to be great. I, I think that though, I really hope LeBron wins. It's been a, it's been a year for him in terms of just, and I don't want to go down this road too much, but I look forward to him winning because he's been a, in a, a cool social advocate these days and yeah. he's trying to, you know, whether you agree with everything he says or not. I think he has carved out a niche for himself and trying to be an advocate and use his platform and talk about social good, you know? So I think that he'll be more motivated to try and win a championship and use his, his platform to continue speaking about that, you know, in an election year amid all this stuff. And I think that he'll be especially motivated. And, and if he wins this, I think there's going to be even more, you know, Jordan, LeBron talk, where does he stand? This was a bubble year. How incredible for him amid all the mental, yeah. emotional up and downs. That's people fair. leaving the bubble. That's a fair the point, COVID. man. So that's my quick three thoughts to kind of, I, I guess. like it though, man. I like it. The thing is with that social advocate stuff, that's great. He's got to focus though. I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the country. I think he's got to stay focused on getting this because if he loses to the Miami Heat right now, his legacy comes into question, in my opinion. Yeah. I think his overall legacy, there's, if he loses to the Miami Heat, there's no talk of Jordan. There's no talk of GOAT. There's no talk of anything like that, in my opinion. I think if LeBron loses to the Miami Heat, you know, in seven games, if the Heat are able to, you know, withstand everything that the Lakers are going to bring, I think LeBron, the GOAT conversation is done. It can never be brought up again when it comes to that. Who's the greatest of all time in the NBA? I think Jordan would have that on lock. If he does win this, I think it bring. I think he comes back up into the conversation a little bit. A lot of people are kind of dismissing this year with the bubble and COVID and everything happening. But at the same time, in my opinion, man, this is still a huge opportunity for LeBron James to secure his fourth NBA championship. Yeah, you know what I mean. This is his, I believe, his tenth time in the NBA Finals. You have a lot of people kind of predicting differently here and there, and everybody's loving the momentum of the Heat, and that's all well and good. But LeBron James is still one of the best players in the world. I think he needs to lean on Anthony Davis a little bit harder in this series, in my opinion. And I think he needs to let AD go to work. Go to work. Nobody on the Miami Heat can cover Anthony Davis. Yep. I think there's going to be a lot of fast break opportunities for the Los Angeles Lakers, too. The Heat like to throw up a lot of threes. And with that off rebounds, I think the Lakers will be able to push the ball in transition. I think they'll be able to get a lot of fast break points off that, a lot of dunks, a lot of showtime. It's going to look good. 
the thing is, can they win in spectacular fashion? If they are able to sweep the heat or win in five, I think that's really impressive. I think that does a lot. It does matter how you beat a team in the finals, in my opinion. And I think that'll have help LeBron in his legacy um, and in the same time, in the same breath, potentially push him a little bit closer to Jordan in that GOAT conversation because LeBron obviously is one of the best players of all time. All these analysts, these old school guys, you know, Kenny the Jet Smith, Charles Barkley, Shaq, all these guys obviously have like, oh, I have my, you know, top 10 of all time already set and this and that. It's just bullshit because LeBron's clearly one of the best players of all time, man. Yeah. And stuff to say because he's, he's so top three. He's, he's top so three. he's so well rounded, man. He's so well rounded in all aspects of the game. And to just kind of dismiss him because of getting to the finals and then losing, it's just tough. It's just really tough. No, I agree. And, and Stephen A. Smith had a big thing about questioning LeBron's legacy if he loses the Heat. Yeah. But honestly, dude, I feel like if it gets close, LeBron's just going to take over. Yeah. And I just, I don't know, man. He can still take over. You can. And I, I feel like there's no stopping him at that point. But <laughs> it's just amazing that he can be that good. So I I don't know. I think it's, the Heat are ultra talented. I think they're young, though. I think yeah. they're young. Jimmy Butler, we've talked about numerous times on the show. Best leader in the NBA. Really right good. He will retire. I was talking to one of our buddies who's a big-time Heat fan. He will retire, Jimmy Butler, this is, a Miami Heat. I think he'll go down as one of the legends with the Heat as long as he continues to crank it out with these guys because they have the young core. I think they just need a little bit more help inside on the uh, on the block. They got Myers Leonard, but he's, he's not going to be able to do anything in this series against Anthony Davis. And Dwight Howard might have a little bit of an impact as well. We'll see how this goes. Yeah, and I want to stick with the NBA. You got one more point on that? No, part? I just Go looking ahead. at dude Butler's ma- salary wise, he's making thirty two mil, which is a ton by far. A uh, second highest oh, is Dragic at nineteen. Bam's making like three point five million, so hopefully yeah. they they bump him bump him up a little bit. But they got a good team. Um, I will say the last thing before we move on is probably just I was really impressed with the Celtics. Yeah, and I think defensively that they're that they're, that they're also a really good team to watch. It's uh, scary because the Celtics are one of the best teams defensively in the league. So does that mean that, you know, the Heat are going to be able to put that type of an offensive performance on the on the Lakers? And the Lakers' defense isn't anything to sneeze at, you know. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, former, you know, defense of the player of the year candidate and everything like that and stuff. So it's tough to really say, is are the Heat going to be able to, you know, match that intensity level against a team from the Western Conference because there's so much talk. The Western Conference is so much better than the Eastern Conference. We've had this talk yeah. before. So will the Heat be able to prove people wrong? I Like, subconsciously, I'm rooting for the Heat, but I think overall I'm kind of more so rooting for LeBron to get his fourth ring. Yeah, I'd say Celtics, another team to watch next year. Uh, Tatum, Brown. Free agency is going to be huge. Guys, a lot of free agency, potential trades going down. It's going to be huge. I think the Boston Celtics will, again, be a huge player in that. Um but let's move on to another yeah. topic in the NBA. Ladies and gentlemen, Doc Rivers, now former coach of the Los Angeles Clippers, has been released from his duties. Yep. What are your thoughts on that? We don't have to touch on this too long. No, no, no. So I think you could see the writing on the wall from the organization. There was a mutual things. Balmer, the owner, Steve Balmer, former Microsoft guy, just billionaire, had a mutual, they said, understanding that they would separate and whatever. Now, the thing that everyone talks about in this this whole thing, this whole sequence is that, you know, the knock on Rivers is that he's he's lost a three one set, yeah, two years now or like in the semifinals. He did it with the Magic, I think, before that. He's never made it to the finals. Um, you know, they got all the weapons with Kawhi and Paul George, and it's like, well, you're supposed to deliver now, Doc Rivers, and he didn't. Now, a couple things, because in this whole scheme of things. I'm I'm a Doc Rivers. I like Doc Rivers. 
So I would say number one to defend Doc Rivers, weird year with the bubble. Yeah. Okay. The Clippers were one of like two teams that actually voted not to play this year. So they didn't 100% want to be there initially. Number two, Patrick Beverly, other guys out back and forth during the whole bubble season. So obviously an effect there to some extent. Number three, Kawhi Leonard is their all-star, right, on the court. But I think Doc Rivers is such a vital part of that organization in terms of leadership and morale and charisma and just being that that rah-rah guy. Because Kawhi, for all that he's good at, isn't the rah-rah guy. And Doc Rivers has done a lot during, I mean, I remember he was like approached during the players conference about all the Black Lives Matter stuff. And he was a really big, you know, influential voice in how to, how to, uh, you know, how to plan for that and what to do, what type of action to take appropriately. So I think that Doc is a really good coach and a good guy. And I hate to see them exit, you know, cut him off just almost too soon. I wish it was, I wish they gave him one more year. Yeah. But I think that since he's gone, I mean, I think I could see him going to the Sixers. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Funny Sixers, you, said that. Yeah. you know, I think it would be a great fit for him. Great opportunity, another great team. A lot of egos again, you know. I don't know. I don't know if he ever blew another 3-1 lead. I know you you mentioned that. He was with the Celtics. They were they were pretty dominant. I know this is a huge one, man. The Clippers were picked by so many analysts to win the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And to come up short like that, especially in, you know, you said it. They were up 3-1 to one against the Denver Nuggets. Young team. Ended up losing to the Lakers. It was supposed to be Lakers and Clippers in that conference finals for the Western Conference. And now when you look at it, a lot of people were picking the Clippers to overtake the Lakers. And there's a lot of what ifs and this and that. And you hear Skip Bayless bitching on Twitter that the Clippers would have beat the Lakers and won the NBA championship and all this shit. It's just like, dude, they didn't. They didn't. You, you can talk all this ifs, ands, or buts and blah, blah, blah. But there's no point you can say that the Clippers won this championship. They didn't. You can't mm-hmm. talk about if and this. Well, if they beat the Nuggets, they didn't beat the Nuggets, dude. They didn't beat the Nuggets. You know who did? The Los Angeles Lakers. That's why they're in the championship. I think Doc Rivers is getting a lot of disrespect. I understand. He's a classy guy, dude. He's a classy guy. And to have like a mutual split like that with such a talented team, you know, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, especially just two phenomenal players. I think the players have to take a little onus on this. 100%. Who's going to come in and coach this team better than Doc Rivers? Who's going to come in? And, Greg Popovich? Is he going to leave the Spurs for this shit show? Now that the Nets job was filled, I know we talked about Pop going to the Nets. That'd be cool. But I don't know if, you know, that entire interaction, why would Pop go work with Kawhi Leonard again after Kawhi wanted out of San Antonio? Who's going to, who are you going to get to coach this team? Doc Rivers was the guy. Why, why would you get rid of him? Why would you get rid of him? And it just, in my opinion, it, Makes no sense. I agree with you that I think Philly is a phenomenal landing spot for him. You know, as you look at this going forward, or he might just want some time off, dude. This guy's been a big time coach with the Celtics, you know, with the Clippers for a long ass time. And maybe he just wants a little bit of time to himself and kind of enjoy his son still in the NBA playing with the Houston Rockets, Austin Rivers. So maybe, maybe Doc just needs a little time to himself, or maybe he's like, fuck that. I want to coach right now. And this is, you know, going to be an internal hunger a lot more for him. Yeah, I don't know. People were saying Tyron Lue maybe. Um, yeah, it's just he's an assistant there. I think Tyron Lue benefited Cleveland. Yeah, I think Tyron who, I think Ty Lue just benefited a lot from having LeBron and that entire Cavs roster at his disposal. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Ty Lue is the best guy for the job. I think if <laughs> the thing is like Stephen A. Smith getting pissed about Steve Nash getting 
hired as a coach. If there's a you know a white guy hired for the Clippers job, Stephen A. Smith is going to lose his mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ty Lue is a clear candidate. He's champion. But I think he benefited a ton from having such a talented roster. He's got the ability, for sure. Yeah. He won the championship. If you're completely inept, you don't win a championship in the NBA. 100%. And if that if that's your roster, led by Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and it's all their a, pieces dude, around it's them. It's a great Lou roster, Lou Williams, man. Montrezl Harrell. You've got Patrick Beverly. This is a loaded roster. So to think that if Ty Lue gets this, you know, keys to the car, I think that's a potential good good fit and i i think the main thing you could think with ty lube potentially being the coach of the clippers he's not gonna fuck it up he's not gonna well fuck and it he up. knows the expectations anyone who comes in you have to know it's finals or bust like yeah i mean that's seriously what it is conference finals and nba finals so i mean it's just ton of expectations going in that role it's gotta be it's gotta be next year you look at that paul george and Kawhi coming over it's gotta be you know finals or bust next year unless you know massive injuries happen to the uh to the los angeles clippers Great team. Good L.A. teams, man. What a crazy year in the NBA. You know, go Lakers, obviously. No days off called that. Once again, Lakers, Heat. Pretty pumped about that, man. Pretty pumped about that. But let's move on to some sure. NFL news. Big news. Big news in the Tennessee Titans organization. Ton of positive COVID tests. A little bit of an outbreak. The NFL has chosen, wisely in my opinion, to postpone the game with the Titans and the Steelers until potentially Monday night. I don't think there's been a clear-cut decision on right. if that game's going to happen. But at the same time, I think the NFL made that that decision and the organizations made the proper decision. Because I think we're still waiting on results from the Minnesota Vikings as well. It sounds like from what you're, uh, yeah, what so you're told, it's, it's, it's pretty good. It's a fluid good. situation. What we've heard so far is that Vikings personnel have all been cleared. The thing with the Titans is four players and five team personnel had positive COVID-19 tests. Now, these aren't like, it's not like, you know, Ryan Tannehill tested positive oh, no. and yeah, Corey yeah. Davis and, you know. John Smith. Yeah, it's not Javen like that. It, it's their nose tackle, long snapper, practice squad tight end, like that kind of thing. But still, the, this, is, for the this, is the, this is the scary thing for the NFL and this is the contingency they had in place. And it's, it's a challenging situation. Hopefully we overcome. They can play this game on Monday night. Um, the rapid testing certainly helps. But this is like the situation that they feared is what if there were an outbreak and how do you contain that like ASAP? Right. Agreed. And it's amazing that we have this scenario. And I was reading news this morning, too, that last night some Raiders players, including Darren Waller and Derek Carr, were out at some like benefit, Jesus all God. not wearing masks and stuff. And Davis, the owner of the Raiders, was like, dude, what are you guys Get doing? Your Come shit on now. together, bro. So it's just it's just a balance like amid the whole Steelers Titans postponement and the Titans thing. And you got Raiders guys out there without masks, you know, posting photos to Instagram and stuff. And I get it, man. These guys are just in in New England, you know, playing and they want to have a, but it's just, you got to be smart guys. You got to be smart. You got to hold on. You got to watch yeah. yourself this season, you know? So we'll see how this all nets out. It's amazing. Cause you hear some analysts say like, dude, this could just happen where this game gets canceled. Sucks or, for fantasy, man. You know, it just, it, it would, it, it would suck. Like they said it this year that in the contingencies, a team could get screwed out of a game or some teams may play more games if they, so hopefully this, this whole, situation gets resolved i don't know i don't know i think there's more news to come whether this game will actually happen on monday night i think it's tough for the raiders too man obviously this is more of tennessee and pittsburgh's concern at the moment but the raiders just got fined john gruden just got fined you know gruden 100k the raiders organization 250k so they're kind of like what the fuck dude like we're we're trying to get this you know thing rolling but 
man, there's a lot going on in the NFL. A lot and, to be excited about yeah. in the NFL as well. And let though. me just say one more thing before we move. It was just news earlier today. The NFL is issuing warnings to coaches who don't wear masks on the sideline, threatening suspensions and forfeiture of draft picks. Wow. As punishment for failing to comply with those mass That's protocols. That's tough, especially the draft picks thing. It's, I mean, I was watching, you know, the Rams versus Bills games game, excuse me, on Sunday, and Sean McVay was just somebody who had his mask down a ton. Oh, yeah. He had his mask down a ton, dude. And it was, you know, it's, it's tough because everybody's been tested, but now you look at this situation, you're like, oh, fuck, like, I don't know, like, and these guys are practice squad guys and everything like that. So it's tough yeah. to say. It's interesting because you see coaches like Pete Carroll, I think Belichick. I don't want to, but you've seen some coaches who just pull their mask down and just yell at the refs because yep. they don't agree with the call or trying to scream at their players, you know, a position, a lineup, you know, an, an opening. This You're trying to, you know, communicate plays. You see even owners. I saw John Harbaugh on, on Monday night, dude, was screaming in the face oh, of yeah. the ref, dude. Uh, Robert Kraft, the, the, Executive vice president of player operations at the Ravens. I mean, these guys are in the owner's booth, but it's just like they still have their masks down every so often. They're pulling back up. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's challenging. Like different states are in different phases, you know, but yeah, for we'll sure. see how this all plays out. For sure. And we'll stick with the NFL. We're going to go through the, the power rankings provided to us by ESPN.com. We're going to go through all 32 teams, but... I'm pretty pumped about the top five, just saying. Mm -hmm. Now 32, New York Jets. Any surprise there? Nope. They didn't think so. 31, New York Giants sucks, man. New York. Saquon Barkley. See, see you, in New York. Yeah, see you, New, New Jersey. York, New York. Cincinnati Bengals, number 30. 0 2 and 1. I think the Bengals are a lot better than a lot of people are giving them credit for. Yep. 29, Carolina Panthers, 1 and 2 record. 28, Denver Broncos, 0 and 3. Ooh. Drew Locke, see ya. Jacksonville Jaguars, 1-2 and two at 27, coming in at 27. 26, Atlanta Falcons, 0-3. Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Lord, Lord almighty, man. 25, Washington football team, 1-2 record. 24, Miami Dolphins, 1-2 record. 23, Detroit Lions, 1-2 record. Philadelphia Eagles, 22-0-2-1. See, they should be fucking... They should be lower. Like 30. 21, Minnesota Vikings, 0-3. I can't believe they're that high, too. Houston Texans, 0-3, 20. Ooh. 19, Los Angeles Chargers, 1-2. 18, Cleveland Browns, 2-1. and one. No respect. See you, Cleveland. 17, Dallas Cowboys, 1-2. and two. They're 17? Yeah, 16, Indianapolis Colts, 2-1. and one. Vegas Raiders, 15, 2-1. Number 14, Chicago Bears, 3-0. and oh. oh, my goodness. <sighs> Disrespect. See you, Chicago. 13, Arizona Cardinals, 2-1. and one. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number 12, 2-1. and one. Mm. 11, 49ers, 2-1. and one. 10, New Orleans Saints, 1-2. and two. Oh, my God. You kidding me having the Saints number 10, man? Number nine, New England Patriots, two and one. Number eight, LA Rams, two and one. Hmm. Seven, Pittsburgh Steelers, three and oh. Six, Tennessee Titans, three and oh. Number five, Buffalo Bills, baby, Heck three and yeah, oh in the power baby. rankings. Yes. Heck yeah. Number four, Green Bay Packers, three and oh. Three, Seattle Seahawks, three and oh. Two, Baltimore mm -hmm. Ravens, two and one. I respect it still, even though they got their ass beat. One Kansas City Chiefs three and zero. No surprise there with that one, my friend. Damn. But what are your thoughts on the on that thirty two team powder ranking All right, there, man? Quick blast on thoughts. Number one sucks for the Broncos. They're twenty eighth. I think they have we had a lot of expectations. Sucks. For the Broncos, too. And the thing that the thing that gets me is like, okay, so that division, right? What's that? The AFC West. Yep. Chiefs are obviously going to win that, but yep. it's an open slate from there. Like the Raiders should get their ass in gear. Like if they were to focus, they could come out on top of that. Because who's it? It's the Chargers and the Broncos who are. Like, all up and down. All up and down. Especially the Broncos' injuries. I feel bad for the Chargers. Number 26 to me was a call-out for Falcons. Yeah. It's just, it's defense. When you look at Seahawks and even, the, it's just like, 
Dude, they have the weapons, just not clicking for them. Number twenty three, Lions. I think the Lions should be higher. Should be a little bit higher. I kind of. I know they're they one the and Cardinals. two, but still, man, they beat the Cardinals, and I think they've got people back. Close Akuda's games, back. Man. Galloway's back. So c- could be interesting to see it. Eagles rank lower. Not a lot of confidence there. Texans, tough, tough bout for the Texans. Because they have 20. a tough fucking schedule, dude. But now they're oh, clearing that. Now they're yeah. clearing that. Thank they're goodness. getting into their easier games. You'll see them like, jump up in the power. I think maybe rankings. the Vikings or the Ravens or something this week and next week. But then they're 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 clear. Eighteen Browns. I don't know, man. Not no really respect excited. at two and one, dude. No, I, like, I, I don't think they should have a lot of respect. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, what what have you proved? Nothing. More You've got your ass beat by the Ravens. More to see is Cowboys and Colts for me. Yeah. Um, I just think that the record's not a clear indication of the talent they have. Cowboys defense, big question mark. Offense, mm-hmm. always trugging along. Colts, we'll see. I still have some faith in that team. Um, in the AFC, Bears, I don't know how the heck these guys are. So, so look at me. The Bears, and you said this, the Bears are clearly getting no respect with ESPN as well. You're giving them no respect, saying they're the worst oh. 3-0 team in I, the yeah. entire league. We've talked about that, yep. I think there's a big upgrade now at the quarterback position with Nick Foles. This guy can sling it. He looked great against Atlanta when he came in. I know he threw some interceptions, but, dude, he still looked really good. You can see that, you know, the wide receivers, Anthony Miller, Allen Robinson, are just almost reinvigorated, it seems like. These guys played well. Allen Robinson specifically balled out. Anthony Miller had that touchdown right towards the end. It was awesome to see them. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think their defense is what it was last year. You look at some of their defensive matchups last year, like, holy hell, that first game of the year, they held Green Bay to like nine points or six points or something crazy. It was yeah. a ridiculous score. That's not the defense you're getting anymore. Right, and it'll be interesting to see when they get in those NFC North matchups yeah. against the Packers, Packers, against even the Lions, maybe to see. Uh, Bucks. 12. I thought that's pretty accurate. Yeah. I think that's pretty accurate. 49ers get a lot of love at number 11, dude, especially with losing like a bunch of like talented half their folks. Roster. I don't know why they're being valued so high. Saints at 10. I think that's an accurate shot to them. I think Drew Brees isn't playing well. I think she's, um, I think the Saints personally should be lower. The only reason they're that high is because they have Alvin Kamara on their roster. Their defense is still playing relatively well. I know they gave up a ton of points to Aaron yeah. Rodgers Sunday night, but man, that Drew Brees is just a shell of himself. Yeah, I think it's tough to see, you know, such a great all-time quarterback start becoming that type of a player. Yeah, I think you give him you give him the benefit of the doubt. Michael Thomas comes back, see how that plays out. And then honestly, I mean, people have said it. I don't want to be the guy saying it, but you know who they got on their bench. Yeah. Jameis Winston. I don't know. Uh, He's like, I can do this. (laughs) Five interceptions a game, six touchdowns. All right, coming out with a bunch of fantasy points. I got you, coach. Five bill five bills, love it. Um, four Packers. Three Seahawks, two Ravens, one Chiefs. The only ones I disagree with is the only one I disagree with is the Seahawks that high. I think I might put them more at like six or something just because their defense. And I know you like the Seahawks. You remember them of 2016, 2017, the you know, Legion of Boom. But this is a different Seahawks defense, man. Like I was watching that Cowboys game. We saw the Falcons game, whatever the game they had in week two. Dude, people are putting up numbers on this defense. Yeah. People are putting You're numbers right. on this defense. Right. Jamal Adams went to... out with a groin injury. I know they have Bobby it's Wagner. It's tough for in the me middle. to keep saying it's tough for me to keep saying like Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright, Jamal Adams when they give up fucking thirty five points a game. It's tough for me to keep saying, Oh, like don't worry, like they're they're gonna get it. They're Dude, gonna get the it. The corners got lit up against Gallup and stuff, man. It was a little bit rough, but yeah. Again, I think Russell Wilson, that offense are just on fire, man. And yeah. They need some help, dude. Pete Carroll and that GM is going to be on the waiver searching for guys. Ravens, Chiefs, Ravens, Chiefs are their kryptonite, dude. They can't get past the Chiefs, and they're going to have to. I called that shit, dude. I told you. I, I told I you, I thought man. they could. I, I told Lamar you. Lamar Jackson, just like, 
you know when you get psyched out or something and yeah. you know when you're like in a race or a fight or a match or a game or something you just look psyched out you psych yourself out i feel like that's how it is with the chiefs it's it's potentially it. and dave pornoy was just chirping barstool sports dave pornoy was just chirping the Ravens fans on Twitter, like, hey, who's the uh, who's the Ravens backup QB? He might be coming in soon, like saying all this yeah. shit. And it's funny, but like, I I knew it. I knew the Chiefs were going to play up to that level that you know that they're capable of as Super Bowl champions. Man, they looked freaking good. And there's no doubt in my mind the Chiefs are the best team in the entire yeah, NFL yeah, right now. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody to question that. The question I have for you though is, as you're thinking right now. I know we did this kind of spur of the moment a few weeks yeah. ago. I know what you're going to say. You're going to say Super Bowl picks? No, I don't want to say okay. Super Bowl picks. I'm going to say right now, looking at this season, we're three games in. We're three games into this. Coming up on week four. Who is, you can give me top four, you can give me top five NFL MVP candidates. I remember last time we talked about this. Yep. Your number one choice was Aaron Rodgers. Mine was Dak Prescott. And as I'm thinking about that, Dak Prescott right now isn't even in my top four. Yep. You know, I might have him on the outside as a top five, and it's still early in the season. So, but right now, I want to hear from you. So I'll give you, five. Your I'll give you five. Okay. Give me five give right five. Now. now. MVP candidates. MVP from candidates. Jake. Number one, you got to go Mahomes. Number two, I think Russell Wilson. Number three, Aaron Rodgers, who's still Love in it. my top three. Number four, Josh Allen. Okay. And number five, I would go Alvin Kamara just because he's freaking Dude, fuck you, up. dude. This is. Just because Alvin Kamara's laying it up, bro. He's That's unstoppable. That's literally my fucking, like, we literally have the same exact top five. Yeah. It's kind of bullshit, but. It is, but. Like, all right, so here we go. Here's, can I put, am I allowed to put a defensive play? Can I put Aaron Donald in there? Or this is, doesn't count because it's No, like, you can. You can put Aaron man, Donald. Man, he was so, he was, he can change animal, it, dude. dude. He can change up animal, the amount man. of defensive side, man. He's worth the money they pay that guy. Absolutely. Jalen Ramsey, not so much. <laughs> See the Jalen. But yeah, for me, I mean, I'm looking at it. I just love Pat Mahomes. I think he's clear cut. MVP right now. Um, so as you're thinking about it, I got Mahomes number one MVP. I'd say Russell Wilson has to be number two. I think he doesn't get enough respect in the league. Number three, probably Aaron Rodgers. Number four, Alvin Kamara. And number five, I'd say Josh Allen as well. I think Josh has been looking phenomenal. The big misconception with the Bills this year, everybody thought it was going to be the defense leading this team. And right now it's the offense. The offense is clearly leading this team to this 3-0 record right now. I think there's a big test ahead of us with the Las Vegas Raiders. The Vegas Raiders just beat, excuse me, they just lost to the New England Patriots duh, as they're going through this season. So I think the Bills need to make a statement here going forward and whoop on the Vegas Raiders. If they can maintain this type of play and let the defense get healthy with Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to be looking good. But yeah, that's my top five right now Love for it. the MVP candidates. Yeah, so just Bills real quick, just because we're Bills guys. Raver, Raiders, 4 o'clock game this week. At Tennessee Titans, then the Chiefs. Home at the, home with the Chiefs. Tough so, next three games, man. Tough, tough next, next three games. games. Then they go to the Jets, home in New England, and then home with Seattle. So, so it's a cool lineup, man. They're playing that NFC West. They got the Cardinals. That AFC, that AFC North or the AFC, AFC West, West. AFC, AFC West, West excuse yeah. me. Niners come up later. The end of their schedule looks decent. Chargers, Niners, Steelers, AFC West, tough. NFC West, Broncos, man. New England, Miami. I, I man, the Bills have a good shot. Do you think that the Chiefs are that good to go sixteen? You know? No, you, you, who, no, no. Like, they're going to have an off week, dude. Every team, it's it's. Imagine how stressful it is to go. You know, ten and zero. You know, yeah. you still got fucking six more games after that. Injuries happen. You have a bad day. These are professional guys getting paid. It's not college where every game fucking matters and this is your chance to make it so your family has a good life. Yeah. 
these guys might be like, fuck it. Like, I don't care if we win this week. In the NFL, that's just what it is sometimes. The Chiefs look hungry, man. Chiefs look hungry. And you got Patrick you know, Mahomes who's like, I'm not saying not everybody in the NFL is, but he is just ultra competitive. And the Ravens had no answer for this guy. I think the Bills could give him a phenomenal run. I think that it's going to have to, it, it would be an offensive show. It would be bet the over when the Bills and the Chiefs meet each other. Because the Chiefs defense is good, especially with Chris Jones. Right, I was kind of impressed with it on, on Monday night. They looked night. good, man. But I think there's going to be a team that, you know, the Chiefs underestimate. Who knows who it's going to be? I don't see them going undefeated, though, unfortunately. It's probably like a team that we don't expect, too, like the Raiders or, you know, I'm not saying that. Something of, stupid, Like yeah. something dumb like that. But I don't know, man. I I don't know if I want them to go 6 because I think a loss would motivate them. And it's just a lot of pressure to do that. So we'll see. Mahomes, I was reading some stuff that he's being compared to, like, the Michael Jordan of the NFL. Already? Football, yeah. Cool. I know it's it's a lot. It's His great. girl's pregnant. Did you it's see that? It's pretty early, yeah. His girl's pregnant. It's pretty early. Great That's year for Mahomes, dude. Yeah, dude. Gets to make the most people, money ever. People were making pregnant. a meme saying, the only people having a good 2020 and it was Mahomes and his girl. Oh, that's <laughs> the only people having a good 2020. So that was cool. I mean, the thing is when you look at the chiefs, man, you compare them like they already like are on in line to have a dynasty brewing. In my opinion, mm -hmm. do you look at the chiefs as like the Patriots where you're like, man, I'm going to fucking hate this team. Cause I don't, I don't look at the chiefs. I don't that hate way. them. I don't look at them that way. I, I'm, I'm in awe of them. I think they're a phenomenal team. And I'm sure that's how a lot of Patriots people feel about the Patriots when they were on that roll with Tom Brady. But in my opinion, man, the Chiefs, I'm just, like, I respect the hell out of the Chiefs. I think you respect them because you know that they're, like, I don't know, they're good guys. Like, you like Andy Reid. They're not pricks. They, they yeah. had been a losing organization. They had losing, like, Andy Reid wasn't always, like, this, like, favorite that, he, favorite that he is now with the Chiefs, but... I don't know. They just seem like good guys. Like Mahomes seems like a decent dude. He's not talking crap and stuff. Yeah. I mean, there are some characters like, you know, Tyreek can be a little, you know, here and there and Travis Kelsey here and there, but I don't know, man. They look really dominant. Yeah, I think their defense really played up to the up to the game. Once again, now, called that no offense. Let me called that shit just saying. Let me let me say based on everything that's transpired, does this change your Super Bowl picks after week 3? Yeah. Oh yeah. It yeah. does. Oh, yeah. I had Ravens, Seahawks. I had the Ravens and the Seahawks right now. Like, if I had to go Super Bowl picks right now, it's clearly Kansas City. Like, I thought the Ravens were going to be way better in that matchup yeah. with the Chiefs, dude. Wow, were they, like, lackluster. But I'd have to say the Kansas City Chiefs and fucking insert NFC team over here. I'm still going to ride with the Seahawks, even though that would, that would be an awesome game, though. Bet the over, dude. Bet the over again. 100%. Seahawks versus the Chiefs. I think it's just going to be tough. Um and Green Bay looks good too. How about you? What do you got? So I had the Chiefs and the Saints as my Super Bowl, and you, know, you still got winning. the Saints. I, I don't know. I I like the Packers actually. If I had to substitute, I'd be like, all right, who's you subbing with? Packers. I, That's I would not a bad say, pick. You know, it's interesting that Bills matchup with the Chiefs on uh, Thursday, October fifteenth. It's a Thursday night game. Yeah, will be really interesting. That's a great Thursday night. That's game. That's going to be a lot of ratings there. That's man. a Thursday that's gonna night be game. That's huge that's ratings. Wow, that's a great huge game. fucking ratings for the Bills on that man. That's we'll coming see. up too. That's literally coming up. Yeah, Holy we'll see how shit. the Patriots do. I don't know, man. You still buying the Patriots this season or like? Fuck no, dude. Fuck the Patriots. See you, losers. Let's move on to college football, right, let's though. Do <laughs> let's move on to college football. Oh, dude, was... one more thing. On a, sorry. Oh, go right, go just go. One go, more yeah. last thing on the NFL. I think this is worth noting. The NFL Players Association president is calling for all teams to use grass fields. They're saying wow. that the turf fields have a 28% higher rate of non-contact lower extremity injuries, 32% uh, higher rate for non-contact knee injuries, and a 69% higher rate for non-contact foot and ankle injuries. So 
it's challenging, right, with the different weathers, and some stadiums are indoors. But you know that some stadiums, like for instance, the Cardinals, yeah. have grass. Yep. Green Bay Packers, you know, as I think as north as you can get, Pittsburgh have grass. as well, I believe yep. too. So it's interesting that they're making this call amid all the stuff that happened with the San Francisco versus the Jets and the you know the ACLs and stuff for the Bosa and the, and Saquon. So we'll see if there's anything to go there. They're citing they're citing some sources, and it's so we'll see what that call. I feel like that's got to be tough to prove, man. I feel like that's got to be tough to prove, but hey, man, I didn't go to school for that. Um, so just a, a, a little note that I popped up on the feed today and want to just call that out before we into some college football. Please. But I guess that's that's a nice segue into to college. Sorry to backtrack no, that a little no, bit. No, no, dude, not a problem. Hey, but I want to get into college because there were some games this weekend, this past weekend, that were big in my opinion because I remember this one clip that we, that we talked about. Um, there was oh, this, boy. oh, uh-oh. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. I remember we both had a chat about a team in the SEC, LSU, I believe it is, Louisiana State University. Ever heard of them? Yeah. I remember I said, is it a rebuild year, or are they reloading? And I posted that on Instagram, and you said, no way. They're, they're going to have a phenomenal year again. We play Mississippi State first game. Not a problem. And then LSU goes down to Mississippi State. Mike Leach, the air raid offense. Mississippi State looked good. Are you nervous for LSU this year? Question mark. Am I nervous? Yeah, naturally, yes, I am. To to be the national champion champion and lose, you know, first home game to Mississippi State in like years, dude. The first national champion in like listen. So maybe a hundred years to number win, one, to lose. There. Number one defense looked like it was in shambles. Oh yeah, they didn't have Derek Stingley. Stingley was, that was out. Tough. Okay, yeah, he was, was out tough. sick. He didn't have COVID. He was sick or something. He's supposed to be back this week. Yeah, but they just didn't look good. I mean, I don't know if he could have even helped that defense. I, like, listen, the, the thing that's concerning is that, you know, two things. Number one, they graduate all their starters, dude. Like, every one of those guys is on NFL team right now. I mean, it's just, like, amazing. Hold on. Are you backtracking now? I'm just saying. So, they I'm are saying, rebuilding. So, but <laughs> second point is that a lot of these other SEC teams that are playing against got to be salivating because they got all the tape on the crossing routes and stuff that Mississippi State was running. Uh, you know, Orgeron t- took it on himself. He said, you know, hey, problems with me. I got We got to re- be better. We will be better. That's a good coach, though. You yeah. know, I, I don't think it's the end for LSU. I think they could. They could still finish out, um, maybe undefeated at, at a long shot. Um, I think they guys still got a ton of talent on that roster. Unfortunate. I'm sorry. Like I apologize for. I thought this would be a great. I thought they could reload. Like I said, the yeah, remember that clip where they reload. But hey, is what it is, dude. That's why we watch the games. That's why is what play. it is. Another powerhouse in all of college football went down to Kansas State, and that's the University of Oklahoma. Yeah. And a little bit of feels for Lincoln Riley. I really like him as a head coach, but, man, when you go down to Kansas State right like that in the beginning of this, uh, beginning of your season so early on, it's tough. Spencer Rattler at QB, clearly the defense for Oklahoma is still, you know, the defense for Oklahoma. It's just one of those Big 12 defenses that gives up a shit ton of points. They went down early, and it's hard to get yourself out of these holes. Especially in the Big 12 where it's one of those opportunities where you see a lot of scoring going on and not a lot of defense. You get some good players coming out of the Big 12 defensively, you know, especially this past year. But, man, to see Oklahoma go down that early in the season, we were really pumped for Spencer Rattler this year. Yeah. Thought he could be a potential Heisman candidate. I think losing that game to Kansas State puts a little bit of, you know, break on that. You know, we're pushing the break a do little you think bit that more. The, do you think that gets him out of the playoff? I'm lost. afraid. I'm afraid it does. I see Texas. Texas looks good, man. They had to come back, obviously, on Saturday. But Sam Ellinger, dude, he he was up for the challenge. That was like a basketball game. Like the score of that 
of the of the Texas game was like a basketball there game. There have been huge scores in these Texas huge games. Huge scores, dude. So bet the over. Hello. On the Texas game. Uh, who's Texas play this week? Ladies and gentlemen, Texas plays TCU, TCU which Noon, is going to be Saturday. a high-scoring game. There's some good games coming up. I think the big one Jake and I want to focus on. Number one, Texas A&M at the University of Alabama. Yep. I think this is a big game in the SEC. In our opinion, this might be one of the games of the week. We're going to start here. Yeah. So, l- listen, I think that Alabama has a clear advantage being at home. I think they have a clear advantage talent-wise. Uh, I just like Alabama. I, I think our question is, will this game show that Texas A&M is a fraud and they shouldn't be ranked as high as they are already? I think that's the big question. Yeah. You know what I mean? Jimbo yeah. Fisher, I think is I this think- the type of roster he needs to compose? To beat Alabama or to even, let's say, compete. I'm not even going to put them in the realm of competing with Alabama right now because they have not been able to show that they can. I think Alabama takes this, takes this home to them. I think I think easily, too. I think they kick their butt. I think they just have a clear advantage. And I think it's going to be a little bit embarrassing for Jimbo Fisher and the Texas a and Maggies cause, because people think that they're going to have this like awesome year and could go like whatever, 8-0 or whatever, how many games they have to play this year. But there were calls for people saying this team could go on you know, undefeated and this and that and Kellen Mond and Jimbo Fisher and all those guys. A talented team. Kellen um, Mond, IMG quarterback, Florida, Florida prospect. So, I mean, we're rooting for, you know, just, that guy. But, man, Jimbo this is Fisher Alabama, just, dude. He's getting paid a shit ton of money in Texas A&M. You got to think about what they did for their facilities. If they're not able to put together what resembles a winning team, is it time like, hey, do we move on from Jimbo Fisher? I don't know if, I don't know if they think – so if they get their ass kicked – like it's like fifty six to three, I think there's worries. Yeah, but if it's like a closer game, like you know thirty six twenty six, like and they actually semi were respectable, I think you know it's it's like okay, I mean it's Alabama, right? You know, yeah, it's, for sure, it's Alabama. But dude, that's the point. That's why you bring in a Jimbo Fisher is to try and beat in Alabama. Correct. You know, correct. To try and overtake. national champion. So uh, it's just it'll be a real interesting test. I think that Alabama comes away with it, and I think it's going to be by a decent margin too. In my opinion. I think the better game to watch this weekend is going to be number seven, Auburn, taking on number four, Georgia. Mm. You look at last week's matchups. Obviously, you saw Auburn get past number 23, Kentucky. I don't want to say easily because it, it was a little bit of a game, especially in the beginning. But Georgia played Arkansas. In the beginning, Georgia was down to Arkansas relatively quick. Felipe Franks, former Florida quarterback, transferring over to Arkansas, played well and then obviously went out of the game. But you look at this, Dwan Mathis, who started off the game for Georgia, just made some some bad plays, yeah. in my opinion. And Stetson Bennett came in for the University of Georgia, and they started getting it together. You know, they started getting it together. They ended up winning the game handily. I just don't know if, you know, having your third string, fourth string, potentially quarterback, is going to be enough to beat this Auburn team. In my opinion, Bo Nix looked amazing against Kentucky. Kentucky's a top 25 team. Kentucky's and Kentucky not bad. looked Good, man. They looked good on Saturday. They just turned the ball over too much. And I don't think Auburn's defense is that much of a threat. But at the same time, I think that Auburn's offense is just going to be a little bit too dominant um, as you go into this game. Bo Nix throwing it to Seth Williams, the wide receiver, number 18 for Auburn, was incredible. That connection was awesome. Bo Nix literally threw up a pass into the end zone, and Seth Williams said, that's my ball, and came down with it. Give me my rock. Six receptions, 112 yards, two touchdowns. Just incredible. He just threw it up, and this guy jumped so high. Maybe the highest I've ever seen anybody jump in my life. And he's like, that's my rock. 
Give me that ball, dude. 6'3", junior. But I, I have, in my opinion, I have Auburn winning this game. I just think Georgia is at a disadvantage at the quarterback position right now. Yeah. I think Stetson Bennett came in and played his freaking heart out against Arkansas. But you look back to last year, man. Arkansas last year was one of the worst teams in the entire country. Not, in the, not only in the SEC, because they were obviously the worst team in the SEC. They were one of the statistically worst teams in the entire country. Yep. Last year. It's been a rough go. So the fact that Georgia kind of had its woes in the beginning of the game makes me a little bit nervous. I know they came back. I know they got their shit together. You have Kirby Smart as your coach. You still have a solid defense. I just think Bo Nix looked freaking phenomenal last Saturday. And I think he's going to continue to look phenomenal. So two things. Number one, you remember when Arkansas was awesome and they had Darren McCann? Darren Van and I like that stadium, dude. That team was sick. I like that stadium. That's a cool stadium, man. Uh, That team was sick. Secondly, we were talking about this before the show. Quarterback... JT Daniels has been cleared, is available Saturday versus Auburn. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know if that makes a difference. The guy's coming off of an ACL and meniscus tear that he had like week one last year. So it's been a lot of time, dude. It's been a full year. Uh, we'll it's see. It's going to be rust, man. There's going to be rust, obviously, in that <sighs> in that aspect. But you got to think, if they're getting beat, they got to put him I'm in, just, right? I'm just a fan of Bo Nix, dude. This guy looks like he grew like three or four inches. He looks like he filled out tremendously, like he's been working. His accuracy and touch compared to last year as a true freshman is phenomenal. I, I like I like Auburn. I like Gus Miles on his offense. He runs obviously pretty spectacular. Um, he's, he's he's got the eighth best eighth best QBR in college football right now. Eighty six point six. So not bad. I kind of want to move on sophomore and kind of go back in in time to uh, to Saturday and talk to you about a game that happened in this beautiful state of Florida. Okay, there was a game that happened on Saturday night. Maybe you heard of it. University of Miami versus Florida State. The Florida JV high school team? or the Oh, Florida my State? goodness, dude. The University of Miami <laughs> beat down Florida State 52-10. to 10. That's a beat And down. now looking at that game, watching what transpired, your pick of Derek King as a Heisman contender is just incredible. I think that's a great, yeah, great choice. We'll see. I mean... So Derek King, before the season started, had talked about him as a potential Heisman guy and former Houston quarterback. Amid amid all the growth of you know Miami kicking some ass, he's obviously risen on the radar. So, dude, we'll see, man. I mean, obviously he's got to try and beat out Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence for that spot and other running backs and whoever. But Miami's looking decent. Now my question is though, is Miami that good, or is Florida State now just that bad? Mm, that's a great question, dude. Because Florida State just doesn't look like. You know, the Florida State we're accustomed to seeing. I'm accustomed. Well, what we're accustomed to seeing lately is Florida State losing a lot. And just going back in history in our lifetime, we've seen Florida State win some national champions. We've seen them produce contenders, not only in the ACC, but in the national picture in college football. So to say that, you know, Florida State has just fallen off that much is tough. I think Jimbo Fisher put them in a terrible position when he left. So the entire offensive line, it sucks, you know, losing a running back like Cam Akers to the NFL. It, it, it sucks seeing, you know, they're just, you know, Blackman, their quarterback just isn't the answer. I think that they need to get into the recruiting pool and they need to be able to get Florida products. They need to be able to get Florida athletes to stay inside Florida and to come to Florida State, not the University of Florida, not the University of Miami, not Central Florida. Florida State might be one of the worst teams in the state of Florida in college football. Isn't right that now. crazy? I mean, you look at the onset of UCF, USF, and just that whole growth of those those teams. I mean, USF, I, mean, I shouldn't say that. USF looked 
absolutely terrible in their last game. But you see over the past decade, it's just amazing how these other Florida schools have grown. Obviously, got the you know the Florida Gators and my Kyle Trask looked I, amazing on Saturday. To your question though, I know that you. I think your answer was that Florida State just isn't doing well. Yeah, and it's but Miami. I mean. They have some tough games. Like, listen, the ACC is not the SEC. No, it's I not. would say it's arguably not even the Big Ten. Agreed. But so they beat UAB. They beat Louisville by like 13 points. They took a smackdown on Florida State. They beat them like crazy. But, dude, their next game on the 10th, Miami versus Clemson. Oh, so there Tune will be in, a man. huge test. Tune for them. in Saturday the 10th. I think it's at Clemson. Oof, that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. Look. I yeah, think at Clemson, limited attendance. Obviously, when you look at that Tenth. game, you got to look at Clemson as the favorite. Even for Miami fans, I think you got to admit that Clemson's a clear favorite in that matchup. 100%. But still, I mean, that's a great test for the University of Miami. Their fans have been going absolutely nuts on social media. They win one game against a Florida State team that's an absolute shell of itself. Yeah. So it's tough. It's tough to say that. And not to say that Clemson's beaten anybody like super amazing in the world. So it'd be a good test for them too. But I think you kind of circle that game as like, okay, real or hype, you know? Yeah. And after that, I mean, they're playing like, you know, Virginia and Virginia Tech and NC State and Georgia Tech and like Wake Forest before they finish the season with UNC, who's doing pretty well. They should dominate the remaining but, of their schedule. I mean, you I look at they, like yeah. Clemson and U, and UNC and even like... UNC is uh, going to be a good test. You know, even like... Top Pitt, 12. They're, they're ranked number bit. 12 right now, I believe, yes, UNC. Yes, and I right. think that's a question mark as well. I know there's a lot going on in the ACC. There's a lot of growth and development. Mac Brown for the, for the North Carolina Tar Heels is bringing that program back a little bit. I think there's still some work to do. Yeah. So that's been our college football talk. Going to move on to a little bit of UFC, then get everybody out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, this weekend, UFC 253, Israel Adesanya stops Paulo Casa in the second round via take TKO. What a dominant performance by, by Izzy. We'll come back to that in a second. Oh, yeah. And the UFC has a new light heavyweight champion in Jan Blachowicz. Uh, he defeated Dominic Reyes by KO in the second round as well. It was incredible to see. I thought Dominic Reyes was already coronated himself as the 205-pound champion in the UFC. He took John Jones to a decision in five rounds, and arguably a lot of people said he could have won that fight against John Jones. Then he loses to Jan like that in a spectacular knockout, just finishing Dominic Reyes. I think Reyes was a little bit overconfident, and now the UFC has a new light heavyweight champion in Jan Blahovich. The question is, who does he fight next? A lot of people are projecting that he fights Tiago Santos or Glover Teixeira. That fight has already been booked by the UFC. And you think back to Tiago Santos, who arguably gave John Jones one of his toughest tests in his UFC career on two torn ACLs. Tiago Santos in that championship fight had two torn ACLs and still gave John Jones a hell of a fight. And you look at this. Jan Blahovic and Tiago Santos have already matched up and fought before. Tiago Santos beat him in the first round. So the potential for that rematch is clearly there. And I think the UFC will be looking to make that up if Tiago Santos is able to get by Clover Teixeira, who's in you know, the latter stage of his, his career, but he's still been able to put on some quite, uh, you know, quite impressive performances as he's going forward. When we look back to the main event, Israel Adesanya and Paulo Casa, Paulo Casa looked like he was there just to taunt Izzy. The entire time that first round oh my goodness like he everybody's like why isn't he throwing punches it's because his leg was chewed up in black by the time the first round ended because Israel Adesanya had landed 30 leg kicks mm -hmm. to this guy's shin 
Like there's there was nothing to say from the commentary besides that Israel Adesanya put on a master class. The funniest part was after he stopped Paulo Costa and TKO'd him, he dry humped Paulo Costa's ass. Yeah, dude. And a lot of people are like, this doesn't belong in MMA. This does not belong. This is not the work of a, you know, <laughs> a, a, professional. a fucking professional, a mixed martial artist. How can you do such a thing? And I just think it's just all fun and games. Paulo Costa and Israel Adesanya had, you know, quite a lot of bad blood going into this matchup. And for Izzy to dominate Paulo Costa the way that he did was incredibly impressive. Paulo Costa has been teasing on Instagram and social media that he had something going on before this fight that he's demanding an automatic rematch. Dude, you got destroyed. If you think you're going to get an automatic rematch after that performance, Dana White would have to absolutely like lose his mind. Unless that pay-per-view did that good. Who's going to want to watch that again? I don't know. Who's going to want to watch that again? I'm going to want to watch Paulo Costa else. fight against somebody else. The rumor is that Israel Adesanya is expecting to fight Jared Cannonier if he is able to get past Robert Whitaker in their matchup, I believe, in November. If Jared Cannonier is able to get past Whitaker, Israel Adesanya wants to defend his belt against Jared Cannonier, and that's a phenomenal matchup as well. The, pro- just the progression of Israel Adesanya has been incredible. From his first fight in the UFC, this guy's still undefeated. This guy's still undefeated in his MMA career. Obviously, you look back at his kickboxing record. He's had over, you know, 100 fights at this point. This guy is an absolute stud. He says he wants to fight one more time this year. I don't know if the time if frame... If he's able to. If I don't he's know if the able, time frame will add up. I think that's going to be tough, man. I think that's going to be tough. I think you look at the middleweight division. Some potential fights I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him in a matchup with Jared Cannonier or potentially Robert Whitaker again. So that's two fights right there. I'd like to see him fight Jack Hermanson, the Joker phenomenal ground game has been winning quite a bit. I know he had his, uh, his loss to Cannoneer. So that that's tough. Um, and then you look at Darren Till as well. I think Darren Till is another phenomenal matchup. I know he just lost to Robert Whitaker in his last bout, but I think that matchup with Darren Till and Izzy would sell, uh, sell quite a bit of pay-per-views if Darren's able to get a win over some elite level guys. Mm-hmm. And I know you have some Conor McGregor news, Jake. Dude, all right. I know you've been like asking me like how legit this is, but there's yeah. been... There's been social media callouts that McGregor has asked Dustin Poirier to fight in a charity fight, do a charity fight, uh, December 12th in Ireland. Okay, now this charity fight, just for me to understand it a little bit better, is this charity fight like, hey, I'm going to still fuck you up? Yeah. Or, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a fight, but the profits would go toward charity, and if they sell pay-per-views, they'd work that out. I think um, McGregor's like entertainment company is trying to get that going, and so... Long story short, Poirier, Poirier agreed to it, and this is all through social media. I think it has to go through the UFC for approval. Yeah, but these two have planned a charity event. Why the TBD? fuck won't they just fight each other then? I don't know, just dude. McGregor just wants to get go. I mean, wasn't this guy retired? I mean, you know, the it's crazy like, thing is, dude, he's retired, quote unquote, retired. You know what I mean? I know. I say joke, but Dana White and Conor McGregor have been having a little bit of a tiff lately because Conor McGregor released you know, personal DMs with Dana of them talking about potential matchups and this and that and how Conor wanted to fight four times and he was adamant about fighting anybody. Wanted to fight Gaethje, wanted to fight Tony, he wanted to fight whoever that the UFC put in front of him. And Dana's a little pissed that he released those messages, but Conor was even talking about fighting Diego Sanchez in, in Los Angeles or something like that. So the fact that the UFC is like kind of making this out like, and what, oh, did, what did it say that Dana, did Dana just not agree to it? Or like, how was Dana pissed? was pissed that Conor released those DMs. 
Because they made Dana look bad that he hadn't been able to schedule not, not that. It's just kind of like man code. Like, hey, don't release, you know, private messages between two people. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like me and you talking about whatever. And then you releasing them on Instagram or Twitter or something like yeah, that. Yeah, dude. That's exactly it. But the fact that Connor did that, I don't know, man. It kind of shows to me that he wants to fight. He's Because people are talking all this shit saying like, oh, he's trying to pick his fights and this and that. He's afraid of Tony. He's afraid of Gaethje. He's afraid of all these people. Poirier. But it's like, dude, get the fuck out of here. This guy wants to fight. He talked about this season, and obviously COVID happened and all this shit. You know, and the UFC wants Connor for crowds. They want him for crowds. And now it's starting to, you know, materialize that Connor McGregor might be fighting Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. In the Middle East in 2021. Pacquiao's going to be like, he's 41, might be 42 at that point. I, I think he's turning 42 at the, in December. But he's still one of the best but, professional boxers I mean, of all that's, time, dude, oh, at yeah. that weight division especially. And I th- <laughs> I don't know, man. I think that's cool. I immediately when I hear about that, I feel like it's a money ploy. I don't oh, know for how sure. accurate that is, but I just kind of the thing see is, Connor, I would still watch it. I want definitely. I want to see Conor fight though. I just want to see him like in the UFC again. And I just, it's it's annoying, I guess, to hear all this like he wants to fight and the UFC can't make it happen. Like just put him on a card, dude. Somebody's yeah. going to fight him. They know that they're going to make bank the on that fight. Like, the, yeah, the pay per view sales of that fight would still be phenomenal enough, I think, to make up for the fact that you don't have a live gate. And that's what they're worried about. They're worried about attendance. They're worried about the weigh-ins. They're worried about all of that shit because they're making money off the live gate. And Conor McGregor is the man at that. He produces all the money for the UFC when he fights. Yeah. Like when he fought Cowboy in January, like still record numbers. Still record numbers, even against Cowboy, who's, you know, tailing off in his career. Yeah. So it's tough to hear that. Um, But, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing when Conor McGregor comes back. Even if he fights against Manny Pacquiao, man. I'll be pretty excited about yeah. that. Watch that 100%. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it has been another episode of the Wednesday Melee and another episode of No Days Off. Once again, if you're not subscribed, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, baby. Give us a five-star review or wherever you find your podcast. Hit us up on Instagram because we got that content flowing. Thanks for tuning in. Here we go. Here we go. It's about time that we said it all. Once again, tomorrow, Thursday picks. Team Zach Dialek is just I'm mounting fired, a comeback. Team Zach Dialek's ahead by two games. Hey, dude, save it for tomorrow, right, save bro. It for save it tomorrow, bro. Hey, thanks for I tuning in, everybody. Reason, bro.